Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Kim Barker from CK Soul to dive into the world of CBD. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of Cannabis Legalization News. So, Tom and Miggy, what's going on? Hey. hey. Uh, not too much, you know. Fresno is going to be open for applications here soon. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, you figure, like, California may have legalization everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they don't. Like, you know, that was one of the interesting things about it is like, you know, half of California still basically has it prohibited. So I'm not sure if that's kind of how it is in Washington state where maybe like 50% of the counties don't have a dispensary or a, a grow. How is it over there? Well, we do moratoriums or the city does. So they'll be okay. like, okay, no one's allowed. Whereas we've talked before with other California residents where they're kind of like little zones, right? Like little yeah. entities. Right. And so, yeah, so Fresno is going to allow several licenses. I want to say over 20 of these cannabis business zones and cannabis business. There's several licenses that you have to get. And then there's a conditional and then you'll have to get it registered with the state. So it's very, very similar to what you're seeing. And you even have like social equity built into it. So it's really oh, nice. similar to what you see in um, Illinois. So, yeah, okay. I, I shot a video on that. Um Neat. And it looks it looks neat. And so, like, I'm glad that still like California still has got like 50 percent of it that needs to legalize kind of because uh, a lot of the municipalities opted out or, yeah. or didn't vote for it. And so uh, Fresno is going to start well, allowing cannabis business. I think California is kind of like a representation of America, right? Where overall Americans can agree like, Hey, we want marijuana legal for whatever reason, medical or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, it's divided up into like my little fiefdom, like, yeah, yeah. Well, in Illinois, I mean, like we're the Illinois is like setting the licenses themselves at the state level. So you win at a state level and then you kind of have to have participation from the local level. You know, you have to have the appropriate zoning. And so they have to let you do it. But yeah. um, it's just backwards in, in California. And then the, in Illinois, like a, a community can say that they don't want to have any uh, cannabis businesses in their city limits. And that's fine. But you know what they can't do? Put you in jail for it? 
bay and hemp farming. We won that oh. case last week. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Victory for hemp as opposed to hemp for victory. So in <laughs> Illinois, you cannot ban hemp farming. At least a non-home rule community cannot ban hemp farming. And and maybe there's going to be an appeal. That's what I was working on before mm. uh, we came on here. I have a bankruptcy appeal that's coming up that I'm not on lead with. I'm not doing, but you know, you still have to work. What does that mean though? Non-home ruling. Non-home rule is a type of uh, authority that a municipality has in Illinois. Uh, and so we have two types in our constitution. One is called a home rule and that has a police power and one's called a non-home rule. And that only has powers specifically granted to it uh, under the constitution or under a statutory authority. And it was the silliest little argument that they ever made. They basically claimed that their entire there's this new thing in Illinois called an urban agricultural area, and it's, it didn't exist until 2019. And then the, the last governor vetoed it. And so like, they had to go over his head to veto uh, to, to you know, get a supermajority oh. to allow it. And it, basically what it is, it's for urban agriculture. Let's say that you want to grow microgreens in Chicago or in Seattle. Uh, you would need probably a, a variance or some type of zoning a special use permit to allow you to engage in agriculture in an area that's not zoned for agriculture, right? Mm. And so there was a method created in 2019 for these urban agricultural zones. But this community, Oakland, Illinois, uh, they said that the whole thing was an urban agricultural area, like the whole city. And, and the reason for that was because in 1968, they passed their zoning laws. And I'm like, no, that's, that's literally not how a law works. You know, you, you don't get the time machine. There's no DeLorean. You don't go back in time to like 1968 and have it retroactively apply unless that's specifically in the statute. Like how in Illinois, their their cannabis law, it came with that expungement aspect. See, like if they didn't have that, then that, that, that thing wouldn't have happened. And so like it, it wouldn't have applied retroactively. They had to create that expungement protocol. Uh, and so that was great news for hemp farming. It's legal completely in Illinois, obviously, as it had been. Yeah. Is there plant limits on that? Oh, no, no, there's not plant limits, uh, but you just need to make sure that you draw on the map. So there's there's GIS because they're trying to get data. It's like a, a, an agricultural commodity. So now they want to get data regarding like how much was farmed, what the yield was, what strains they're using uh, so that just like any other agricultural commodity, whether it's corn, wheat or cotton, then they're going to be able to collect data so that they can get crop insurance. And then they can make markets. And so there's going to be some uh, hemp commodity markets that are probably going to get kicked off in Chicago here pretty quick because that's commodity futures and the futures markets traditionally come out of Chicago. Okay. Uh, the options uh, are priced from Chicago, like, you know, Black Shoals uh, options pricing algorithm, 1974 yeah. out of Chicago. Yeah. Did you know uh, which one came first, puts or calls? Oh shit, dude, you're beyond me. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. This is that that's that's a Josh question. I, I know you're saying English, yeah. but um yeah. Right. <laughs> but like um man, it's just wild though that uh, you can grow hemp now. Um and I totally just lost what I was gonna ask you. Well oh, yeah, you but like in Illinois, hemp growing is real easy, at least for this year. Next oh. year it's gonna get uh, complex because then that's when the USDA tries to create regularity across the uh the the, the several states. In that in that algorithm, I imagine now. I mean, everything's an algorithm, right? Like mm -hmm. some sort of formula they're trying to figure out for that one. When the cannabis or hemp, rather, how are they going to factor in testing hot? Like that's going to be a huge. No other product has. That. Oh, it's so stupid, and like it's it's the most yeah. detrimental. And like, not only are you not allowed to remediate a hot test, you have to destroy a hot test, and you're not going to be able to insure a hot test. So it's really supremely 
you know, punitive toward the farmer for no good reason at all. If your stuff tests hot, then you should be under an embargo to say, oh, can't move it, can't move it, bring in the machines, and then you start extracting it, and then you get it into CBD and THC, and then you spin out the THC, so it's just pure, because that's the, the difference, and our guest is going to know this about CBD. There's a difference between broad-spectrum CBD and full-spectrum CBD. One of them is only CBD. So there's no reason why they have to expose farmers to prison, to losing their crop, to not being able to get insurance for that crop, as opposed to, oh, you tested hot? It's under embargo until you can bring that into compliance. Seriously? And then you have to process it on site, and then you have to get a, a test that passes. Then you have salvation. I mean, you don't, you have a, a law that makes way more sense as opposed to a law that is still this onerous punishment mentality that we have in cannabis. Yeah, I couldn't imagine looking at, like, say, your crop, and you're like, okay, this is going to be my $200,000 profit crop, and then it's hot, and you're like, well, now it's garbage. Now, it, Well, not only me. that, it then, like, me. if it's too hot, Johnny Law might come calling and be like, you did that intentionally, yeah. and that's so stupid. In the uh, USDA regs, like, intentionality is kind of, like, presumed after, like, 0.5% THC, and that's why you're going to see this huge shift over to CBG and CB whatever, seeds next year because they want to ensure their compliance on that 0.5 absolute max cutoff which is ridiculous you know we yeah. talked uh, and guys friends of the show please do turn in on on uh, sunday we just did uh, we had to tape it because i'm moving out of chicago uh whatever and so uh we had to tape a, a great episode regarding the uk cannabis laws and it's fascinating so make yeah. sure you tune in on sunday for learning all sorts of stuff and uh, did you see the uh, what's going on in the uh, the house today? Uh, does this have to do with the attorney general? Yes, sir. Why don't you share your screen regarding the attorney general's aspects? Yeah. So, what does Marijuana Business Daily report regarding the prosecutor, uh, Attorney General Barr, ordered politically motivated probes of cannabis mergers? Man, as if cannabis companies weren't already burning cash and had enough problems. Now you have Attorney General Barr with politically motivated reviews of 10 marijuana business mergers. And, you know, I, 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 I just set the link as well to the, the actual hearing because you can watch it live right now, which, you know, it's the great thing about being an American. You, some of our process is right there for you to see. To, yeah. To actually witness. And these yahoos, when they started mentioning cannabis and, uh, uh, Oh man, this guy from Georgia, the priest or the uh, man, it's just the, the way he was talking about it was the most ignorant. Like, 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 like he clearly has no idea what he's talking. It's just, yeah. it's exactly like when the uh, the abortion cases from 50 years ago, when you just had the Senate was just all white men and they're like, I don't understand what this chattel is about. We're talking about women. So they're not, they're no longer property. No, they haven't been property for years. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like we went back to 1950 anyway. So. Or at least the president administration. 68. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But um, what other news? You got anything else going on? Uh, you know, other than that, it's that's about it. We looks like we're a few more weeks out from uh, getting the, the winners and, and finding out how many people have tied. So we're creating some general counsel outside general outside GC is what they call it. Uh, uh, policies for our, our potential clients so that when we have these winners announced or these losers announced or people get their scores, it'll be like, yes, we can help you review. And then we have a very short window to be able to get in and, and see if we can get them into the lottery before the lottery probably pops off in September, maybe, because they have um, final rules and final rules take so long to be effective. Oh, right on. 
Yeah, no, I just think it's gonna be great to to talk to our guests here about the the CBD company, plus also the the origins, because you know, as we talked with our guests from England and how CBD has influenced the legalization conversation, uh, you know, the can of kids conversation that early on during a time with like Charlotte's Web, uh, all these kids were getting sick and were part of the moving the conversation forward for us. They were, man. Let's let's get into it. Let's start talking about CBD. Absolutely. Hey, Kim, what's going on? Hi, everyone. How are you today? Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about CK Soul? Sure. Um, so CK Soul is a California-based um, cannabis company. So we have products that range from uh, that are THC and CBD derived from cannabis. Um, we have recently rebranded. So we've been around for almost six years. Um, we formerly went under the name Canna Kids, um, as that was uh, where we were inspired to really start in this industry. And um, just recently on 420, uh, we launched our new brand, CK Soul, um, which we really went through changing the name of our company really to appease and to be reflective, to reach a broader audience. We, we did get a lot of um, kind of pushback from the dispensary world and, and, and regulators on having kids in the name when it was relating to cannabis. So um, we really wanted to make a decision to make sure that we could provide this plant medicine across a broader, broader spectrum and really engage with, you know, patients and consumers of all ages and all ailments and, and needs. Yeah, we're always really careful with our, because if I'm going to do uh, an informative lesson regarding like trim ratios or like a dry trim, wet trim, anything like that, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to list that video as being, you know, 18 plus, not for kids. And then mm -hmm. I'm also going to put disclaimers in there that say like, comply with your laws. I'm a medical patient. This is a legal medical grow. And, and this is just done for informational purposes only. But then in the Illinois, and I would assume maybe after Prop 64 in California, there's limitations. And so like it's cannabis isn't legal if you're less than 21, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then there's restrictions regarding like I'm kind of surprised the cookies strain has made it into Illinois, to be honest, simply because there's restrictions against how you can brand products that would appeal to youngsters. And so what is more appealing to youngsters than cookies? <laughs> and uh, well, it's true. And so like, you know, fruity Skittles runs like they're naming their strains. And I'm not saying they aren't great strains. I'm not saying they aren't great at what they do, but they're naming them in such a way that when I'm reading the law and I'm like, ah, I really wouldn't recommend, like, I wouldn't recommend my clients create strains that are like that. Cause I, I, I just look at the regulations and be like, guys, uh, <laughs> Does that appeal to kids? Well, I don't know. I loved runts when I was a child. <laughs> well, I mean, we yeah. had to go so far when when California legalization took place here. Um, we had to go so far as to go all the way to the BCC to get approval for our name. And to be honest, like when we would walk into dispensaries to have them carry it on our shelves, we would have to show them that letter because they were, just as you said, so concerned about the fact that we had the kid name in, in you know, in our name uh, as a brand, um, you know, and and as you guys are aware, here in California, there are similar law laws in terms of how we cannot market to children. Um, specifically, when we get into like edibles and things like that, we can't have it have any shapes that would look like something that a child might like or anything like that. And you can't put pictures on the branding. No um, Joe Camel. 
No, nope. not allowed <laughs> to do that. No, <laughs> no, we're not allowed to do that. So, um, you know, it does, it does, it, it did handcuff a lot. Um, it did handcuff us. What about, uh, cause that was one of the things we spoke about at the top of the show. It looks like Fresno, California is going to finally allow adult use uh, businesses into its jurisdiction. How is it in California? Because you're joining us from which, which city in California? Um, I'm in LA. So you're joining us from LA, pretty much a very cannabis friendly area. Yes. But the rest of the state, is it really about like 50-50 is still basically illegal? Yes. I mean, there's so many areas that we cannot service a patient or a consumer here in California. Um, when you look at the numbers of retail outlets that we have, it's so small compared to other states that don't have as much of a population as we do. Yeah. You know, so um, we're on, you know, we're on par about the same as Colorado right now for the whole state. Wow. California and Colorado is about the same in terms of the number of dispensaries. But like so, the, 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 you guys have at least nine times, I think, because I think Colorado is approximately like 5.5 million. Because I'll look at them, relative speaking, to see like what the market opportunity may be when I'm creating right. my, my business plans and my pro formas for my teams. And so California, that's, that's fascinating in the sense that it's about 40 million people. But then if only about half of that is able to be in a legal area, there's still like half of California to legalize. It's just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not only that, that half piece, but actually the number of dispensaries, even in the legal areas is a lot lower. Wow. I mean, so, um, you know, the, the California cannabis, you know, market, as you guys are well aware, you know, we've definitely been plagued with a number of challenges <laughs> through this legalization process. Kim, are you guys available across uh, state lines or just in California? Um, currently, we are just available in the state of California because we are a cannabis-based company. So um, our CBD products that are derived from cannabis are only allowed to be sold in a dispensary. Um, we are in R&D right now for a hemp line for uh, hemp CBD. So that can be presented across the entire United States. So we're really excited to um, move in that direction going forward. Neat. So then you guys do extractions yes. and you're familiar with the extractions. So you know that just because somebody tested hot doesn't mean that you have to ruin their entire crop. Like you can treat it. So like, do you know that there's such a thing called broad spectrum uh, CBD? What is broad spectrum CBD? Well, I mean, well, if we, we go back one step and if we go into full spectrum, full spectrum extracts are often what is called the whole plant extract. So right. That maintains the full profile of everything that was in the plant. So all the cannabinoids, THC, THCA, CBD, CBDA, CBG, CBN. I mean, there's thousands of different cannabinoids out there today. And we're still really learning about all the different cannabinoids out there. Um, and so definitely there is a need for more and more research regarding those cannabinoids. And as well as in a full spectrum, it also takes in all those natural um, uh terpenes that are found in the plant that have medicinal benefits as well. So when you get into broad spectrum, that takes out some of those pieces to leave you with what you can use depending on, you know, what kind of product you want to produce or where you are in terms of legalization or different laws regarding it. I'd like to say, I'm really happy to hear that you guys are a full plant extract as far as you can't cross state lines. For one, I'm familiar with Tracy Ryan's story. Um, can of kids uh, was one, like I said earlier, I think in green screen, whatever, um, that 
the kid, the sick kids were the great conversation starter that helped turn this around. Uh, before Charlotte's Web, there was Cashy Hyde. Um, parents will do anything to help their sick kid. And at that same time where all these parents were, were speaking up and doing, being mad as a parent, um, you also had grifters and people who were just kind of coming in and trying to ride. You know, you didn't, you questioned if that was a, a legit person, legit taking care of the kids. And, you know, seeing Tracy's story and how you guys are converting the branding, which makes more sense. But, you know, Canada Kids kind of started out as just a Facebook group. She was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an underground Facebook group really designed, as you just said, um, for mothers or parents who were looking for options and treatment protocols that could work for their work for their very sick children. I mean, I know for myself as a mother and, and, you know, as a as a dad, I mean, we would really do. I mean, who wouldn't do anything um, to save their child and look at all the options that are available to us, you know, as you know, in, in today's day and age, whether you, it, you are a parent or if it's even for yourself or even for your elderly parents, you know, we have to be uh, medical advocates for ourselves and for the people that we love and we take care of. And so that means doing your own research, finding out what are the options available, whether they are traditional uh, Western medicine or if they're, you know, or, or if there's something different. And, um, you know, I think that that's where how kind of kids really got started, that there was just this um, sheer amount of people that were desperate to find alternatives to treatments for very, very sick children. I mean, um, I'm not one to to spoot off a lot of uh, statistics or things like that, but um, you know, there's only there's only been four new cancer pediatric cancer drugs that have been introduced in like the last 40 years. Wow. Um, and and oftentimes, you know, and the amount of money that goes into pediatric cancer research is is so min- minute compared to, you know, the rest of you know cancers that are out there. That um, you know the, these these medic Western medical protocols are often filled with things that actually start to harm your body. And who wants to harm a a child at the very least? So, so finding, you know, things that can complement those type of uh, treatments, as well as, you know, hopefully be a preventative in the future once you're done with those type of treatments. So who was, uh, did you have one of the can of kids? Um, I'm sorry. Well, like it, so this, there's these can of kids that are out there. So was one of the can of kids yours? And if so, what was what was your uh, relationship with the can of kids organization? And and tell us that story. Sure. Um, I've been with um, CK Soul uh, Can of Kids, which is now CK Soul, for about eight months now. Um, I've known Tracy for some time. Um, we met in various cannabis circles, and um, I was really brought into the organization to help propel the brand into this next era, where which is where we are are today. Um, but truly, Can of Kids was um, is and is still as as CK Soul. Our inspiration really comes from Sophie. Um, Sophie is Tracy Ryan's daughter. Uh, the founder's daughter. And Sophie was diagnosed with um, brain cancer at eight and a half months old. And as a mother, like, you know, like I would do, she really, uh, Tracy started really looking at the opportunities and the options for what type of treatment would be best for for Sophie. Yes, there she is. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, And so um, Sophie was part of the Weed the People documentary on on Netflix. 
through uh, Ricky Lake. So if you haven't checked that out, I would strongly suggest watching that documentary on Netflix. And actually, uh, Sophie took her first dose of cannabis on that documentary at just nine months old. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, Sophie's been considered a medical miracle for many, many years. The type of cancer that she has is a slow growing type of tumor that typically does not um, respond uh, well to traditional cancer uh, treatments such as chemotherapy. However, the only Western type of uh, therapy available for this type of cancer is chemotherapy. There are children just like Sophie who have that similar type of uh, brain cancer that have been on chemo for 10, 12, even 16 years, um, because that is the only way that um, modern medicine, uh, Western medical has been known to treat it. So uh, Sophie has gone through uh, chemo for about seven years in combination with her THC and CBD protocol. Um, and we're, we're very happy to say for the first time in seven years that uh, Sophie is off of chemotherapy and um, she is considered stable. And she continues to take um, CBD and THC. Um, the CBD and THC is used, um, she uses those for seizures that she has given the brain tumor because the tumor is still there. Um, but the 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 best thing, and, and I'm not the medical expert, Tracy really is, and um, I know she loves talking about it. So she, um, hopefully maybe you guys can bring her on to talk more about that as well in the future. But, um, you know, Tracy, um, Sophie's immune system is also one of the healthiest of um, uh, that it's been tested is healthier than and than adults that have not gone through chemo. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at Sophie, you would never imagine that she's a child that's been on chemotherapy for seven years. I mean, she has a great head of hair. She's never lost her hair. She's she's active. She's learning. She's right where her peers are, and um, she's just really full of life. And and you know, she's <laughs> she's a joy to be around. That's fascinating. I mean, so like. We are just flooded in this market with so many different various CBD products. And then you hear stories like that and you're like, okay, that person's clearly getting the real medicine. So what would be important to look for when reviewing like a product? Like, is there anything we should look out for on the label or, or what? Well, I mean, I think anytime we're dealing with children, um, again, that that is a, you know, a little bit of a different animal. Um, as everybody knows, cannabis <clears throat> is different for every single person. What might work for me might not work for you. And it is a bit of a trial and error type of type of product that's out there and um, medicine. So for children, we always recommend that children, uh, parents of children should get a caregiver recommendation. So that is something that they can go through uh, in the state of California, they can go through the state to um, get that. So through a licensed cannabis doctor um, provides that type of service, and they can um, recommend cannabis for children through that process. So, you know, it's very important that you take the necessary legal steps so that one, you are protecting your child as well as protecting yourself for a product, as, as you guys have said, is not legal for children, people under age 21. I'm always curious about sourcing. Like, um, do you know, like if what specific strains are being used or if there's a specific garden or whatever for your guys' product? Sure. Um, in uh, our our product line uh, from CK Soul is a tincture line. So we have um, eight different tinctures and then two uh, extracts that we we provide. So we go through a pretty rigorous testing of looking at um, making sure that the profile of the plant is what we need um, to produce the type of um, plant based medicine that we want to 
give out to the, to the consumers out there at large. So um, we look at the cannabinoid profile. So all of our products have at least four different cannabinoids in them, whether that be THC, CBD, CBDA, THCA, CBN. Um, so we want to make sure that it has a good, rich amount of cannabinoids in it to be able to give those benefits to you when you put that in your body. As well as the other thing that we do is we add in natural terpenes back into the, the the tincture bottles. Mm. So um, as, as everybody knows, you know, uh, the cannabis plant has naturally occurring terpenes in them, but we know that those terpenes are, are packed full with medicinal benefits. And we want to make sure that you're getting the most inside your body at once. So we pack in additional natural terpenes into those bottles. Nice. And then uh, do you think uh, the effects of an adult versus child are different when it comes to CBD? Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, think about, um, you know, you versus me. I mean, I would have a different reaction, um, than, than you. So I think, you know, as anything, you know, we always tell, um, patients that they should start small and smart, you know, start, you know, with a little bit and then titrate up and really kind of, you know, make sure that they keep track of their dosing so they can see how they're being effective. Um, I know for myself, I have an autoimmune disease. So I take um, CBDA, which is um, our support product, which is an acid-based product, which is a little different than other products. Um, and so um, CBDA is really known for its benefits with inflammation in particular. So for me, I was taking it just one big dropper every single day. But then as when I started to write down how I was feeling, I realized that I needed to take take a little bit about three times a day. Um, so, um, you know, everybody's going to be different. So, and, and ch children are the same. So that's interesting. You are talking about the CBDA, the acid variety of it. So it has not been decarboxylated. Do you guys have some, uh, extracts and some tinctures that have the THCA as well? Yeah, so we have what I would consider two specialty products, a CBDA, our support, and our Serenity THCA. So are you guys, uh, would you like me to talk about a little bit about the acid you can, process? You can talk about the decarboxylation. We're, we're hip to it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting because most of the consumers out there really don't understand what an acid-based uh, process is. So pretty much what we do is... Um, uh, take the whole plant, um, that whole beautiful cannabis plant, and we put that into um, olive oil, okay? And we soak it at a low temperature for a couple of days, and then we strain it all out. And so what's left is that true, the true properties of what was in the plant. So you get all of those things that we talked about that was in a full spectrum type of product. You get all the different cannabinoids and all of the natural terpenes. So, um, and, and it doesn't have the psychoactive effects that you would find in a THC-based product and, and CBD. I mean, some people do experience some light psychoactivity from CBD, depending on their tolerance level. So, but with an acid-based product that is really taken, taken out of the picture. Wow. What, uh, do you think there's good ways to, 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 uh, for the child to medicate? Like what kind of ways do you recommend? 
Um, obviously, you know, we want, you know, when, when we're dealing with a child based on their medical recommendation of what type of products would work for them, um, you know, we would, we, we see that most of the children are taking, uh, it in a tincture format because that tincture format, they can usually actually either take directly into their mouth or it can be put into a smoothie or applesauce or yogurt or, or, or anything of that nature. So that's a very easy way for them to take that product. What about because these these people are sick and so they might be on other medications. Is there anything that's going to impact like mixing CBD with other medications? Well, absolutely. Um, just like uh, CBD and uh, cannabis is a can is considered a medicine, um, you we have to make sure that there's not going to be any reactions. So um, one of the things that we do um, is we have a network of doctors and nurses that we recommend to uh, consumers and patients to to consult with to make sure that whatever type of medicine that you're on from maybe a Western medical medical Western medical protocol for maybe chemo treatment or cancer treatment that the the type of um, CBD and THC that you're taking actually will not interact with it as well as they will give you guidance of when you should take it should you take it when you're taking your chemo drugs should you take it after before all of those type of things but there are certain medical professionals out there that are designed to really help navigate this 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 very crazy um, uh, or this you know areas that are unknown to most of us and and because that plant is so different for everybody um, and everybody reacts differently it's it's very very important that you seek that medical advice. You know one of the uh, importance I think when Canna Kids and Tracy was doing this you know she created this network of support for parents who are not only have sick kids but also who have the threat of CPS lingering over them. What do you, is there any, uh, what do you think is a worry for CPS when you're treating your kids in California right now? Um, I think though that, that I, I, I would say that that's one of the reasons that we, we highly recommend, um, that people go through the cannabis caregiver recommendation process. Um, you know, that is really designed to protect the child and protect the parent and to make sure that you've gone through the necessary steps and you are knowledgeable and you understand what exactly that you're getting into when you step into doing alternative medicine. Yeah. So you're really making sure that they comply with both the laws so that they can get the their medicine appropriately, but then also work in conjunction with their uh, doctors so that they are getting the proper dosage as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there, there's there's nurses and doctors out there that specialize in um, cannabis recommendation and dosing. Um, as you guys are probably aware, the California cannabis laws really do tie our hands as a brand as to what we can say and what we can't say. Um, we really can't get into a dosing advice. We can't say, you know, Joe, you need to take X amount every single day and this is going to cure you of this. We cannot say that. Um, but um, what we can do is help the help our consumers and help anybody uh, really across the United States if they call into us or talk to us, um, help them guide them into the way that they can do it the, the right way. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, so then uh, one of the things though with your brand, just from a business standpoint, I would wonder like, are you going to have like growth problems simply because it seems as if you are tailoring to the people that need it the most? And isn't it just a very small minority of people that actually have these types of health conditions that can really be benefited by uh, 
you know, high quality, properly dosed uh, cannabinoids? Um, well, I think that's one of the reasons that we have gone through a rebrand that we went from Canakids to CK Soul is to make sure that we can open this up to a broader base, um, consumer base, um, because not only are our products that have been designed for that medically fragile uh, consumer, uh, whether they be, you know, have cancer or epilepsy, we've seen results with Parkinson, and we've had great success um, with our THCA products in the autism community. But we wanted to make sure that people of all ages and all walks of life, wherever they are in their wellness journey, could have access to uh, products that are safe, one, safe, two, formulated to make sure that you're getting the most out of plant medicine that you could possibly get. So um, we have consumers of all walks of life using our product now. And that's one of the, the biggest reasons that we went through the rebrand from Canakids to CK Soul was to ensure that people of all ages would really look at the product and know that it's it's great, great stuff within the bottle. I love that you call it a wellness journey because, I mean, that's really what it's about. You can't say, here, smoke indica only. It'll make your day better. I mean, of course, for me, everything helps my case of the Mondays. But, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, though, like the things that you've seen at Treat, can your product help with teething? Would you treat a baby like that? Um, well, I, I, again, I, I would kind of go back to that medical, um, the medical caregiver and understanding what you're really doing as a, as a parent, you have to do your research. Um, certainly there's probably not enough research out there on, uh, the different cannabinoids and benefits and effects on children. Um, so we do need to make sure that the, the research is there and the research continues. Um, one of our cornerstones as a company is that we are committed to research and we are committed to education. Um, so um, that is something that we strive for and we work towards. Um, we've had, uh, we've been involved in many research studies um, across the United States as well as in Israel. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's a hard one. I mean, we would never recommend somebody to put something into a child's body without doing um, the necessary research and having the necessary caregiving recommendations for that. Yes, but the wellness aspect, you know, as you get older, you start falling apart and people want more and more wellness as they get older. That's something that it's kind of like wealth. You can never have, well, you can, you, you can have enough, but like with the wellness, it's like, if you're healthy, why aren't you lucky? Don't you want to stay that way? You know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, um, you know, we believe that, you know, people should be taking CBD and, and, and THC on a, on a, on a regular basis for their overall wellness. Yeah. I, that's how I like to use mine. And then, um, it might take me a day or two to get through a whole joint, but then, you know, you just, you, you keep yourself uh, healthy by making sure that your cannabinoid system is functioning properly. And so I've just, I, I rarely get sick. You know, I think I look pretty good for 40 um, and, and you enjoy it too. You know, it's, it's this beautiful plant that's there that can help you. And then it's, it's fun to grow. Yeah. Exactly. I, I consider it my fountain of youth because um, I have a very large birthday this year, which I'm not too excited about. <laughs> uh, well, and yeah. it's, it's older than yours, so yeah. it's the big. Yeah, you see? Keeps oh, you young. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> it helps you with stress and it helps your body like maintain homeostasis. At least exactly. that's what I've been told from people that understand the cannabinoid system better than me. Yeah, um, it, it is a definitely... Um, 
you know, as I've been in this industry, I've been in this industry for close to 11 years now. And um, the knowledge, you know, wh where my knowledge started to where my knowledge is today is, is, you know, obviously has grown a lot, but there's still so much that even I don't, you know, that I don't know. And I'm learning every single day, especially on the scientific side and the research side. Yeah, it's too bad that we really don't do that here in America because of our laws. I mean, a lot of it comes from Israel. Well, we're also focused on the high THC bullshit. We're, we were just talking last week. I got some CBD flour that was cheap because it was CBD. And I felt like a kid again. Uh, back was getting good. It was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, just because it doesn't get you high doesn't mean it might not help you feel better. You know. I mean, exactly about like when I talked about the acids, our THCA, um, the Serenity THCA is one of our most popular uh, tinctures that we have out there. And it's really because that is you there's no psychoactive effects to that. And, you know, people get a sense of calm and, um, you know, it reduces stress. It helps with sleep. Um, and that is the the product that has been the most successful in the autism community, whether they're children or adults, as well as ADHD, OCD, um, all of those type of uh, uh, ailments that uh, affect a lot, a large portion of our, our um, you know, our population at large, especially, you know, OCD. Yeah, but then they hear they hear uh, THC and they're like, oh, bad, even though you put the A on there. But then they they hear Adderall or Ritalin, you know, a.k.a. basically meth, low mm -hmm. doses. And they're like, oh, here you go, Jimmy. Don't forget your pills. And yeah. and they give it to you. You know, it's just so mind boggling. It's like, no, you, you realize this is THCA. Uh, the body isn't 225 degrees or whatever the decarboxylation temperature is. It's it's not going to get them high, and they're like, what? And and you know, I mean, but that goes back to the fact that education is so critical in today's environment, um, and we really have to, you know, all of us in this community really have to do a you know continue continually good job at educating the general consumer out there and the general population because without that education, they're not going to know. I mean, I, I you know. Even, you know, even still in this industry, you know, some people don't understand that THCA, um, at, you know, as a product doesn't have a psychoactivity, psychoactivity involved in it. So it's really about education. And uh, we do try as an organization to really focus on that educational value to consumers as a whole. Well, even the whole, I think it's the dirty word, psychoactive. Like, you know, it, it, when I smoke THC and the psychoactive kicks in, I don't think I'm a werewolf. You know, I mean, there's just something that we have to rephrase the feeling that we get when we consume. But, uh, uh, you know, it's about wellness in the end. You know, each thing for each of us, we're all little snowflakes that walk around and we got to try to match yourself up with what fits us. Exactly. Because everybody's body is different and everybody's effects from cannabis is different. And, um, you know, what like is right for you is not right for for me, what word would you rather use if it wasn't psychoactivity? What word do you think would work? I don't know, but if you think about it, it, it the reason why this is such a stigma is when, when Raphael Mecklen discovered the THC molecule, that was it. That's all they knew. And then like, okay, we're going to pick this one out because it's psychoactive. Whereas in his reports, the people who had the psychoactive effect were really just eating brownies and giddy. I mean, that was the, the effect. Uh, you know, the word psycho... That's what that's what really just deters me. And then when people say hi, you know, it's like heroin high and marijuana high are two different worlds.
<laughs> you know, <laughs> two different neurotransmitters are simulating, and I can't remember sometimes because I I don't really research heroin ever. Uh, but uh, that endorphin or that do is it dopamine that they're they're uh, simulating, or is dopamine being simulated by cocaine? I also don't do Ooh. cocaine, so I'm not sure on that. But I thought dopamine and cocaine were like the the same type of neurotransmitter. It's it's uh, THC and anandamide. That's that neurotransmitter, but that wasn't discovered until the early '90s. And then there's heroin, and maybe it's um, it's one of those endorphin ones. But I mean, it's just the name of the neurotransmitter is not endorphin. Yeah, but your body has an endocannabinoid system, not a beer slash meth system, right? Well, and and that research is is very fascinating in terms of what we're learning on an ongoing basis. I mean, I think that's also why you see a lot of the trend in cannabis marketing going to something that's definitely more um, user friendly in terms of you see many of these cannabis brands today. Even um, you know, this is a sleep formula. This is awake. This is relaxed. This is relief. Um, but it's really designed to really help end that stigma, stigma and yeah. and help um, the consumers understand more about about the plant. No, endorphin is uh, the name of a neurotransmitter. So like heroin is the one that is endorphin. And yeah, cocaine's dopamine. So at least according to drugabuse.org. So I'm assuming they're telling me the truth. I'm yeah, sure if I look for the neurotransmitter anandamide, it might not be there. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to uh, support and follow CK Soul? Sure. Um, you can visit our website, which is www.cksoul.com, uh, as well as our nonprofit arm is savingsophie.org. Um, that is dedicated to, is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the research of cannabis and cancer. Um, so those two places are where, where you can get started and all of our social handles are on there as well. Awesome. We will throw those links in the description. Thank you so much for coming on today. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.